This show is all about Israel's toughest war, the Yom Kippur War, lasting a little over three weeks and consisting of many casualties, triumphant times, and the help of other countries. The story tells about the sadness of war and what comes out of it. The war was declared on Israel by two of Israel's bordering countries, Syria and Egypt. The war was not an easy one due to the sheer amount of enemies and fighting power they had. Also, this war was declared on a Jewish national holiday, which gave the enemy the upper hand from the start. The enemy was smart, knowing that the date they chose to attack was Yom Kippur, or the Day of Atonement for Jewish people, left most of Israel's defense forces praying in temples and synagogues, so there were barely any people watching Israel's borders. With that said, Israel was already off to a bad start from the beginning. The war begun on October 6, 1973, and ended on October 26, 1973. Egyptian forces successfully crossed the Suez Canal with greater ease than expected, suffering only a fraction of the anticipated casualties, while Syrian forces were able to launch their offensive against Israeli positions and broke through to the Golan Heights. But after many days, the Israeli defense forces began pushing back the troops. Also, both sides had called upon their allies to help them fight, the Soviet Union giving aid to Syria and Egypt and the U.S. aiding Israel. According to the author of the website Britannica, Israeli Prime Minister Golda Meir turned to the United States for aid, while the Israeli general staff hastily improved battle strategy. Having to call upon your allied forces shows just how dire the situation was for both sides. Next, I interviewed my Saba, or Grandpa. I asked him many questions, one of which was if he thought that the Yom Kippur War was Israel's toughest war. He said that, compared to the other war he participated in, the Six-Day War, this war was much more difficult for Israel and for him. He started off the Yom Kippur War with six people, including him and his fighting unit. One of the men in his group was killed by a missile when they were going to the front line. All six of them were in the car, heading to the fight, when the enemy got a direct hit on the car. All of the other men, including my grandfather, were extremely shaken up, and the car was broken down. Then, once the remaining men went to the front line to help with the artillery unit, another missile was fired at them. The remaining four people in, the, in his unit were killed by that missile, and he was the only survivor. Compared to the six-day war in which he fought in, he had never experienced anything near that. No missiles were shot at him, and all the men in his group were still alive. Not only were there much less casualties, but the six-day war was over two weeks shorter than the Yom Kippur War. Following the war, the people on both sides decided to sign their first peace agreement with each other. According to the author of History, in 1974, the first of two Egyptian-Israeli dis- dis- disengagement agreements providing for the return of portions of the Sinai to Egypt was signed. And in 1979, Sadat and Israeli Prime Minister Menachem Begin, 1913-92, through signed the first peace agreement between Israel and one of its Arab neighbors. End quote. 
Both sides had suffered approximately 8,000 to 18,500 casualties in the war, which is very many compared to wars in the past. I think the sheer amount of casualties and despair the war caused on its people led the leaders to make the decision that there should be a peace treaty. The war definitely shows a different meaning behind it. To start, Israel was on the losing side after getting surprise attacked, but Israel chose to never give in and ended up being triumphant and won the war. I think this act of determination can inspire many small minorities and groups of people. Well, that'll be wrapping up our show. Thank you all for listening, and I hope that you learned something new today.